Welcome to episode 90 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, we're going to chat about slow weight loss. Why is it moving so slowly for you? What even is slow? Proper expectations here are super important. And of course, we're going to talk about what to do to speed it up if that's the appropriate course of action. Ready? Let's go. Hello, hello. You may or may not know, but I have spent over three months incredibly ill, battling pneumonia and some serious complications from that pneumonia. I was, for all intents and purposes, bedridden. The simplest of tasks would leave me out of breath and utterly exhausted. And I gained over 20 pounds during my illness. Three and a half weeks ago, I started a cut, so a calorie deficit, and I have lost six pounds, 10 inches, and a gene size in that time. As I have shared about this on Instagram and in TikTok, I've gotten a lot of, why isn't it that fast for me? Why is my weight loss so slow? How can I speed it up to that speed? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I want you to know that I am on the top end of the range of reasonable expectations for sustainable weight loss. I'm averaging about two pounds per week, which is the top end of the range, down at the other end of sustainable weight loss, reasonable expectations is a half a pound per week. Anywhere from half a pound to two pounds per week is incredible progress, which means if I was only down one and a half pounds right now, that would still be fantastic progress. And more of my clients than not are averaging around that one pound or half pound mark. It is not uncommon. It is incredibly common. And if you stick with it, you can make incredible progress. I have clients who do that for three, four, five, six plus months, and they look like completely different people. So remember, half a pound to two pounds per week is incredible progress. Do not discount that half pound point. So the first question I want you to answer, if you think that your weight loss is slow, is, are my expectations reasonable? If you're on that scale of an average of a half a pound to two pounds per week, you're making good progress. The next question to ask is, are you using more than one measure of progress? Note that I told you how many inches I lost as well as the clothing fit change. You know, I lost a gene size. Relying on the scale alone can be demoralizing. Let's look at the total picture. Are you losing inches? Do you see visible changes in the mirror? Do you see changes in pictures as you put them side by side? Are your clothes looser? Okay, look at those other factors. Don't just use the scale. Especially if you're a person who was lean looking to get leaner, like if you're looking to lose your last five, six pounds, the scale might not actually move very much and you might see changes more in the realm of inches, fit of clothes, and how you actually look as you are losing fat and building muscle. The scale is not everything. All right. I also want you to remember that slow is relative. I want you to get really clear on this. Your weight loss feels slow compared to what? The headlines of the magazine at the grocery store, you know, like Karen lost 50 pounds in a month just eating potatoes. You know, what about like ads, right? Or do you feel slow compared to these ads that say like lose 20 pounds in the next month? You know, these crash diets. 
Is it slow compared to all of those biggest loser episodes stored in your brain? Those weekly wanes where they would be down 12, 13, 15 pounds. I know all of that sounds very appealing. Some of it, frankly, is smoke and mirrors. Those magazine headlines, they're not even real. Like, they're not real. And the biggest loser, so much of that was manipulating water weight. Yes, they were losing some fat. But for real, a lot of it was water weight. I have watched my own son do this. I actually did it as a power lifter a time or two, which was dumb. At the level I was competing at, I did not need to be cutting water, but I did it. Um, and I watched my son do it for years. He was a high school wrestler. And in weight class, class sports, it is part of the game. As a senior, he was wrestling in the 106 weight class, but he actually sat at around 115 to 119 pounds. And twice a week, twice a week, he would manipulate his weight to make weight at 106 pounds. Okay, take that in. You are not a wrestler. At least I don't think you are. You're way more interested in how you look and how you feel than in just what number you can make the scale say, right? You're not interested in manipulating the scale as much as you want to see that scale go down. If the choice was you can make that say a number that's way lower, but you look the same and you fit the same in your clothes, like, is that what you want? It's not what any of us want. Now, speaking of how you look, extreme weight loss at a very fast pace can leave you looking quite different than you might picture in your mind. When weight is lost at too steep of a deficit, especially without optimal protein and strength training, you will be losing a significant amount of muscle. This will result in a look that is not toned, it is not defined, it is not fit. It's more, you're smaller, but you're also a softer version of yourself. You know, that's what weight loss when it's rapid can really look like. Muscle loss is also a contributing factor to weight regain. Rate, great if I could say this, weight regain. You'll have to maintain on lower calories than you might expect to stay the same weight. All of this to say is extremely faster isn't always better. Faster isn't always better. At some point, it actually is worse. So given all of this, where do you stand now with the idea that your weight loss is too slow? You might be realizing that you're actually in a good spot with some adjusted expectations. You're good to go. Amazing. Great. If that's not you, and you're either not losing at at least that half a pound per week, or you're just on the slower side of that, and you would like to see either inches or pounds or clothing fitting better sooner, let's tackle that now. Here's the real deal. Faster results require a higher level of consistency with your nutrition. That's the secret. It is a higher degree of consistency with your nutrition plan. You do not need to slash your calories lower. In fact, that might backfire by making you less consistent. You just need to be more consistent with the calories you have set. Now, this all assumes that you have set your deficit reasonably in the first place. If you're not sure about that, if you're really not sure that the calories you're working towards are reasonable for you, are they? is it too steep of a deficit? Is it not steep enough? If you're not sure, sign up for my free five-day fat loss crash course and I'll take you through setting up your nutrition step-by-step. Step. You can find the sign up for that in both my IG bio. So look at my Instagram bio. The link is there. And on my website, if you go to kimschlagfitness.com, there is a tab that says free five-day fat loss crash course. 
you can sign up there. Okay, so once you're sure of your calories, you need to be more consistent and more accurate with them if you are not losing at a rate that is acceptable to you. Remember, we're not looking for more than two pounds a week. If you're looking for more than that, that's that's you're overshooting. But if you're looking for that half a pound to two pounds per week, and you're going to need to be more consistent and more accurate. How can you do that? Just saying that doesn't make it, right? If you're like, oh, I just need to be more consistent. Let's actually give you some practical steps to take to make that happen. Number one, pre-plan and pre-log your meals the day before. Now, I beat this drum a lot. If you if you hear me say this a lot and you're like, you're always saying that, I'm saying it because it friggin' works. It works. The night before, log your entire day of food for the next day down to the gram in my fitness pal or lose it. It will not take long. It will take you five minutes max. Now, to get in the habit of doing that, I want you to try something called habit stacking. What you do is you're going to choose a habit that you do sometime in the evening that you do every evening, and you're going to attach pre-logging your food to that habit. In that way, you will be able to sustain this. You'll be able to remember it. It will become a new habit for you. So here are some examples. Every night after dinner, you put your dishes into the dishwasher, you start the dishwasher, you pull out your app, and you pre-log your food then. So it's load dishwasher, shut it, turn it on, track. That's one possibility. Another possibility is maybe every evening you take an after-dinner walk. You, you go out, you take your walk, you come back in. Immediately upon coming back in, phone comes out, you track, your pre-log your food for the next day. Brushing your teeth is another really great option. You brush your teeth, you rinse your mouth, you put your toothbrush away, and literally right there in the bathroom, don't like wander out into the hall or something, you might get distracted. Toothbrush goes into the toothbrush holder, phone comes out, you pre-log your food for the next day. Look for a habit that you do every night to make habit stacking work. You need to choose a habit you already have in place at the frequency with which you would like to do the new habit. So choose something you literally do every day and attach pre-logging your food to that. That will be the cue. That will be the trigger for this new habit of pre-logging your food. Okay. The reason it works so well is you get it all figured out right then. You want to fit in, you know, some steak, you'll fit it in then. You want to fit in a piece of cake, you'll fit it in then. You make those choices at a time where the food is not in front of you and you're not in a rush. You have the moments right then to make your nutrition work, to hit your calories and hit your protein. That is my number one piece of advice on how to be more consistent. Secondly, use a food scale. It will only add a few minutes to your day and pay massive dividends. If weight loss is too slow, a food scale is your best tool for speeding it up. It is your best tool. Stop eyeballing your food. Weigh everything you eat that isn't a leafy green or isn't an in, if it's an individual pre-portioned thing. Like if it's a if it's a protein bar with a scannable label, go ahead and just scan that. It's going to be the same. But if it's not that and it's not a leafy green, weigh it. So yes, I'm I'm saying like you should weigh your apple. You should weigh your peas. This is not a lifelong decision. This is for this brief period of your deficit, which we're going to make sure is has an end point, okay? This is going to ensure that you are incredibly accurate with the calories you are eating. Next, stop the LBTs. Those licks, bites, and tastes are eating up your deficit. 
your deficit should only be 250 to 500 calories less than your maintenance. And you know how easy it is to eat just a couple hundred calories up, right? Can you think about that? So this is like, okay, in the morning, half an egg or waffle here, then a few sips of iced tea there, a couple bites of dinner as you're cooking it, right? Who does that? A couple bites of dinner, a handful of nuts as you're in the pantry or a handful of chocolate chips. Boom, you're there. You're at 250. You're even at 500. Give yourself a bright line to stop those looks, bites, and tastes. Here's the bright line I want you to, to consider giving yourself. I eat all of my food, seated and plated. Seated and plated. There goes look, spikes, and taste. Because if you're going to make a decision that you really do want Johnny's half of leftover waffle, what that means is you're going to pick it up off the counter where he left it, you're going to put it on a plate, and you're going to sit down and eat it. Now, how many of us are going to actually choose to eat that half a cold waffle if that's what we're doing? It becomes very conscious, right? Same thing with those chocolate chips in the pantry. If you're in the pantry and you went in there to get a dinner ingredient and all of a sudden you're opening up the bag of chocolate chips, if you have to make the decision to come and get your plate and, you know, we're going to be using the food scale, weigh them out, boom, sit down. How many of us are going to do that? You're way less likely to do it. And that's what really helps. It's that awareness factor. So I'm not saying you can't have chocolate chips and you can't have the half a waffle. Be very conscious of the choices that you're making. Next tip I'm going to give you is to rein in your nighttime snacking. Staying in a deficit all day, but overindulging at night is killing your progress. Several strategies can work here. Depending on you as an individual, one might work better than the other. You can try them all out and see what works best for you. One option is planning in a nighttime snack. That works really well for a lot of people. I have one client who for a really long stretch of time planned in um Halo top every night and it kept her on track. She knew she was getting her halo top and she enjoyed it and she didn't overindulge with other foods at night. Portion controlled is important here, right? We don't want to bring out the whole bag of chips. If you have a single size portion or you weigh out your portion, put it in a bowl, put the bag away and then go sit down. So planning in an evening snack is one alternative. Other people that just doesn't work at all. They overeat at night if they do that. So another alternative is giving yourself a bright line, no eating after dinner. I am choosing to not eat after dinner. If you're going to do that, set your environment up for success. Don't hang out in the kitchen and then swap out routines that are historically tied to snacking for you for a time. It doesn't have to be forever, but till you break that, that habit loop of I sit on the sofa, I turn on the TV, I eat the popcorn. Because sitting on the sofa and turning on the TV without the popcorn is going to likely be, is going to be more difficult for you. You're still going to want that popcorn. If you could try a new routine for a while, after dinner, I talk to my family and then I go up to my bedroom and I read my book for, that's, a, that's one possibility of a new routine. You have lots of different new routines. The kids and I hang out in the playroom now. We don't, you know, hang out with the TV. Lots of new routines. And again, I'm not saying you have to give up your sofa and TV forever. Switch it up a little bit, and then once that habit loop is broken, you can go back to the sofa and TV if that's what you want to do. So set your nighttime up for success. Don't just be like, okay, no more nighttime snacking for me. Come up with new routines that are going to work to keep that in place. All right, the next place to look to be more consistent is managing your weekends. Lots that can be said here. I'm going to give you a couple of things. The first thing I want you to do is to really kind of take in and understand the impact weekend overeating has on slowing your weight loss. 
you need 80% consistency to get a really good rate of progress. To get the rate of progress I'm working on right now that I told you about, I've been at 90% or above consistency. 80% is a really good goal to shoot for, and you can get good, steady progress. 80% consistency on a weekend means this. Look at, listen to this picture. Out of every four weeks, 28 days, you need to hit your target at least 23 of those days. Okay? So that's only five days out of every four weeks that you can be over at all. How many weekend days are there in a month? In a weekend, we're only talking Saturdays and Sundays. That's eight. That's eight days. So there's more weekend days than days you could possibly be over to hit 80%. Add in Friday nights, there's 12. There's 12 weekend days. So if you went over every Friday and either Saturday or Sunday, you are over or under, I should say, you are under the 80% consistency you need to see a good rate of progress. So do you see the importance of staying on plan over the weekend? And as I said, for the rate that I've been getting at this two pounds, I have been over 90% consistency. 90% consistency means out of every month, every four weeks, every 28 days, you are not over your top end calories more than three days in a month. More than three days. So that's not even once every weekend. I want you to really let that percolate, okay? Once a person really understands the impact their weekend overeating is having on slowing their weight loss, it can do a lot to fuel that. Okay, well, now what do I do? How do I get my weekends in order? Here's a couple of things you can do. The main thing you can do is planning ahead. I was just chatting with a client this week. I was coaching her through her weekend struggles. When I asked her, okay, what is different about the weekends? Because she was frankly killing it on the weekdays. She thought about it and said, it's planning. I plan my weekdays. I plan what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to eat it. And then I try to wing it on the weekends. You know, it's a form of relaxing for her. It was really relaxing, that that pressure that ladies, we all know it. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Everybody always wants to know what's for dinner. Um, and that would ease that strictness to kind of just go with the flow. But it was keeping her stuck. Planning ahead here is actually freedom. You can make ordering a pizza in work within your calories. You can make stopping for a burger work within your calories. You need a plan ahead for that for the weekend to make it fit. You will need to do that. And we'll talk about ways to make things fit here in just a second. You're going along with that. You should always include food that you enjoy, whether it's the weekend or whether it's a weekday. You should be enjoying your food. Don't eat stuff that you just tolerate. Look, we all have to eat vegetables, whether you like them or not. I will say just tolerating your vegetables is a-okay in my book. You don't have to love them. You should make them in as most in as pleasant a form as possible. But if you're just not a person who's, yay, I love vegetables, that's okay. But otherwise, you should make your meals really tasty. They should be more than tolerable. They should include foods you love and they should include fun foods. To do that, you will use nutritional compromises. In the last three weeks, I have worked in, as I've lost all this weight, I have worked in sweet tarts, I've worked in sugar cookies, and I've worked in French toast. Regular French toast, not anything like high protein French toast. I'm talking like white bread French toast. I'm actually right now, I'm really in the mood. I told my kids last night, I'm really in the mood for a big bowl of Lucky Charms. So I'm going to make that happen in the next day or two. When I say nutritional compromises, here's what I mean. You can have any food you want in a calorie deficit. You just can't have them all at the same time. You make compromises. Take the sugar cookie I had the other day. It was one of those Target sugar cookies. Have you had those? They're kind of puffy. 
they have frosting on them. I have to say, I'm not a person, I don't even like sugar cookies usually. I do not like sugar cookies. I've never been interested in sugar cookies. My kids were just crazy about those. They love those cookies. And so a couple of years ago, I tried one and I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> oh, wait, these are really good. So I really like this. Wow, they're good. So to make that fit the other day, what I did was cut the avocado out from my salad. And I made this plan the night before. We had bought the cookies for Valentine's Day and there were still a bunch left. And so I decided I want one of those. So what I had done is I decided to take out the avocado. So no avocado on my salad. Salad's still going to be good, just no avocado. I reduced the amount of bananas and berries in my lunch shake. And I cut out the rice cake that I was going to have with my snack. It wasn't so hard. It was not so hard. I will say I originally wanted to have two cookies, but what I would have had to cut out would have made the rest of the day less satisfying than I was willing to do. I didn't want to swap out my oatmeal bake that I love for breakfast. I could have swapped that out and had an omelet, but I didn't want to do that. And I didn't, I wasn't about to, I can't cut out the protein from all of my meals. Like I need the protein in there, right? Because I, I want to sustain my muscle. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to make some more drastic changes that I would have needed to, to have two cookies. So I decided to be satisfied with one. And that's what I mean by nutritional compromises. And the good thing is you call all the shots. No one dictates for you what to eat and what not to eat. You might have different things that are important to you on different days. You know, on another day, I might make a completely different choice. I might think, you know what? I want three cookies. I want three. So you know what? Not going to have my shake that I love. Not going to have that. And no oatmeal bake. What I'm going to do is have a veggie omelet and I have a salad for dinner, but now I'm also going to have a salad for lunch instead of the shake. I'm going to have a salad with tuna, a tuna. I'm going to have the veggie omelet. Boom. I now have enough calories freed up for three cookies. That might be a choice I make another day. You always get to make these choices and that is very empowering. You get to make what compromises you want. Always keep in mind that 80-20 rule. We want 80% of your food to be healthy, nourishing food and 20% of the food can be the more fun, um, less nutrient dense type foods. And also always keep in mind your total calories. I'm not talking about going over my calories with cookies. I'm talking about these were still days I was in my calories. And I'm also not talking about slashing protein. Whatever your protein goal is, you want to still hit that. You can make things work in those parameters. Even though we, we were chatting right now about weekends, this concept that I just explained to you applies for every single day across the week, every day. Tuesday, Saturday, whenever, you can make these nutritional compromises work. And the more you can make eating on a Saturday look like eating on a Tuesday, the more successful you're going to be. And that means on Tuesday, you can have ice cream, just like you could on a Saturday. Okay, last tip for managing weekend eating. Purposefully plan non-food fun and relaxation. If the weekend fun and relaxation is all about food, your choices quickly become abstain from fun or overindulge in food, right? Or the temptation to overindulge is going to be ever present. I choose choice C, which is planning non-food fun. Have things to look forward to that aren't food-based. Lots of ideas here. A hike, a bike ride, shopping at the mall, a cool project you've been trying um, to complete around the house, a book you've been wanting to curl up with, sledding with the family, a game night, volleyball in the backyard, a museum or historical site you've never visited, kayaking. The possibilities are endless. 
really plan in non-food fun. We want you to look forward to the weekend. We want it to feel different, right? You want that. Like you want that. Like, ah, oh, it's Friday. Like I have something fun to look forward to. You feel like you don't want it to be like this dull two days you're getting through. And if everything, or on the other hand, a very stressful event of like, oh my gosh, I have to white knuckle it through all the food events of the weekend. So let's have you plan one, two, several non-food fun events into your weekend. Okay, the last piece of advice I want to give you about speeding up weight loss, of course, within the reasonable range that I gave you, is having an end date to your current deficit phase. Not one tied to an amount of weight loss, okay, as in I'll take a maintenance break when I've lost 10 pounds. So not like that or whatever number, you know, you want to insert there. I don't want you to say like, I will take a break when I have lost X pounds or fit in X jeans or X number of inches. No, I want you to tie it to a date as in, I will take a maintenance break in X number of months or weeks. Do you see the difference there? I personally have committed to a cut for four months. If at the end of four months, I'm where I want to be, amazing. And I might be. If I'm not, I will take a few weeks or months. I will decide at the time how long I want to take for a dedicated maintenance period so that I am mentally ready to laser focus again. I am laser focused on this weight loss right now. And I know that in now it's three months time, almost three months, I'm three and a half weeks in, I'm going to be having this maintenance break. That helps me to keep that focus. If it makes you nervous to think about maintenance because you're worried about weight regain, I want you to remember maintenance is not a surplus. Okay. I think a lot of women have two, two gears. Either I'm losing weight or I'm gaining weight. I'm losing weight or I'm gaining weight. We need to find that middle space. That middle space is maintenance. The scale will always bounce around, whether you're in a deficit or in maintenance or in a surplus, the scale will always bounce around. It is just like that. Our bodies are made up so much of water and so many things can influence the amount of water in our bodies at any one times. And that's why the scale bounces around so much. So even in maintenance, the scale will bounce around. It will be in the same two to five pounds range. So don't expect like the scale. Once I am in maintenance, it says, you know, 135, 135, 135, 135, and something's wrong if it goes up to 137. That's not how it looks. What you're looking for is you want it to trend around that same those same pounds, right? So if this person's 135, we want the trend to stay around 135. Maybe some days it's 134, maybe some days it's 136, 137, 138, 132. But we want it to trend, the overall trend should be straight across. It won't be trending upwards. If it is trending upwards, you're not in maintenance. You're in a surplus, okay? There's no need to fear maintenance. The key to making sure you're in maintenance and not a surplus is to still keep up your good habits. It's not a free-for-all. You're not just eating all the things. That's not maintenance. That's back to that toggle switch of I'm losing weight or I'm not. Okay, so keep up your good habits. Food seated and plated, protein at every meal, veggies at every meal, 80-20 rule. You know, keep tracking your calories so that you know how much you're eating. This planned break helps you to focus. You know that in X weeks or in X months, fitting in meals out more frequently will be possible. Getting in more drinks will be possible or some cake will be easier. You'll be able to do all these things more frequently because you'll have more calories to work with. And that helps you maintain that laser focus. 
All right, ladies, I hope that this has helped. If you have any questions about this or anything else, you can always email me. You can shoot me an email at kim at kimschlagfitness.com. Hit me up with any questions about this. If you're wondering, like, is my weight loss really slow? Is this normal? Always hit me up and uh, we'll talk you through it. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.